Good morning. Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone, unofficial quality control for the 49ers. It's a couple days after Father's Day, and my dad and I spent the day up in, uh, where were we? In Healdsburg. Healdsburg. And we had a long conversation. We were planning what to do with the show, and we essentially did the show already. So this is sort of like what we were talking about on Father's Day. And we were started with the conversation about Brock Purdy and how impressed we are with him. I mean, he's a really great story. He's a good quarterback. He's also on a really good team, and it's kind of tough to put in context just how good he is or how valuable he is or how whatever. So we were talking like a hypothetical. How many teams in the entire NFL would want Brock Purdy to start for them now? And it was kind of a fun exercise, Dad. I thought so, and I want to say, one, we really respect him, and we think he's mm-hmm. a good quarterback, and people might say, what's well, un- unfair, he's only played eight games to compare him to veterans. Well, the Niners want to start him. They made, they've said it. They want to start him, so they've put him in the mix. So I think, Iggy, would you keep score? Absolutely. We'll go team for team, and we'll be as generous as we can. Uh, so clearly, we'll start in the NFC West. He, the know, Niners want him to start for them. That's so one. he's that's one team. That's one. Um, okay, they're eager they, for him to start. They're jumping okay. out of their skin for him to start. Jumping out of their skin. All right, let's keep going. The Seahawks would they rather have Geno Smith or Brock Purdy start for them? Okay, I'm not wild about Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I'm not wild about their offense. Having said that, I think. Pete Carroll would rather have Geno Smith than Brock Purdy. And the reason is, first of all, he didn't get hurt. Correct. He didn't get hurt. He's more mobile. Yes. And he has a better long, long range arm. He's so bigger. I think, and he's, he's a big guy yeah. and he can, he can run and not get hurt. And so he's more I experienced. Think, he's a veteran. Yeah. So Iggy, I would say they're close. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally actually like Brock Purdy better, but looking at it from Seattle point of view, I think they would want Geno Smith. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they just gave Geno Smith an extension that gives him about $30 million a year, and I'm not sure that any team in the NFL, including the Niners, would be ready to give Brock Purdy that type of an extension if he were eligible for one after seven starts and a major injury. So he does have promise, but I don't think he's at that stage in his career where he's accomplished enough that Gino has, where he could get that right now, even if he was eligible. So I'd have to go with Gino in okay. Seattle. So right. he's still at one. Let's go yeah. over to the Rams. Who huh? would the Rams, you say, rather have as their starter, Stafford or, or uh, Brock Purdy? Probably Stafford, considering they won a Super Bowl with him. And yeah. that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking Stafford. I mean, he's bigger. He has a better arm. He's not as mobile, but he won a Super Bowl with them. And he has his own. He has an elbow in, uh, issue as well, but I go. Stafford. And also, they made a big trade for Stafford. I mean, mm-hmm. they went out and got him, and it paid off for that one season. It's so I'd have to say I don't think they would go for Brock Purdy over Stafford. No. Okay. Let's say in the people, NFC. Oh, and if you people disagree, 
Yeah. Uh, understand this is hypothetical. We're doing the best we can. You can disagree, but don't be angry at us. Um, Iggy, we still have Arizona. Jedi says Gino is Cinderella and it's six past midnight. Is Gino Cinderella or is Brock? Ah, that's interesting. Did Brock turn into a pumpkin in, in Philly? I don't know. I guess we'll find out next year. Okay, what about Arizona? Now, that's a tough one. Again, I kind of like Brock more than I like Carla Murray. I, For a lot I don't of reasons. Even, I don't even know if he does the homework. Like how much does he love that, football? Yeah. Yeah. Having said that, Iggy, I couldn't, after the money they gave him, I could not see them saying, Kyler, get a clipboard. We're going to uh-huh. bring in Brock Purdy. What do you think, Iggy? No. I mean, Kyler is such a more gifted athlete than Brock. It, like, Brock is, they're both small, but Kyler Murray was the number one pick in football and a top tech, 10 pick in baseball. He's just on a whole different stratosphere from Brock Purdy. And I think if you put Kyler on this team, he could do what Brock does. Plus, that's another way to look at this exercise, but we're not looking at it that way. I think Arizona, they're too committed to Kyler. They wouldn't move off of him for Brock. And the way I look at Kyler is he's like a young Russell Wilson. Yes. I mean, Russell Absolutely. Wilson is, is no longer Russell Wilson. No. Um, but he's like a yeah. young. Uh, now, he may squander his talent, but I couldn't see Arizona giving up on him for Brock Purdy. So in the NFC West, West. he's one and three. Okay, let's go to the NFC North. Minnesota Vikings, they got Kirk Cousins. No way. No no, no way. way. Uh, no way. Detroit Lions, they have Jared Goff. Now, that's interesting. Iggy, did you say he's a pro bowler? Let me look that up. Jared Goff, let me get you his stats from last year. Jared Goff, he does play behind a very good offensive line there in Detroit. His numbers last year, he went to the Pro Bowl. He uh, threw for 4,400 yards, 29 touchdowns and seven picks. His quarterback rating wow. was 99. And he played all 17 games. They have a good all-line, though. Wow. Okay. They're paying him big me... money, too. They are? Yeah. I'll tell you how much they're paying him. They're paying him $30 million a year. Come on. $30 million really? a year. And he's going to Pro Bowls. Yeah. I think they're sticking you know, with Goff. Yeah. And off the top of my head... I, I didn't like Goff in L.A. I, didn't, I mean, although he went to a Super Bowl, I didn't like him in L.A. You know, Iggy, he's really suffered and endured in Detroit and shown incredible courage and perseverance. Correct. I, I That's admire a big deal. that. So is Gino. I would have to say both of them. Both of yep. them were down and out. Down and out. Out. And, you know, I think a lot of quarterbacks, most quarterbacks have to go through that eventually and to, to like, Pull yourself out of the coffin. How many guys do that? Interesting. So you're saying there's no way Detroit is going for Brock Purdy when they have Jared Goff. Here's the thing with Goff. We've seen him. If he has space to throw, he's deadly. He can, he'll kill you. If you can get pressure on him, he folds. He's a little soft. Sorry. But Detroit can protect him. They have a great offensive line. The Niners don't. So maybe the Niners would rather have Brock than Goff. Because Brock can run around. Brock than Goff because Brock can run around and protect himself where Goff really can't. I'm with you. So he right. would function better on the Niners, Brock Purdy. Brock. But but if you put him in Detroit, Goff functions better. Yeah. And what's interesting is if you put Brock on Detroit, I think Detroit would rather have Goff because he has a bigger arm. But if you could actually protect Brock, 
he might be even better too. That's the thing about an offensive line, Dad. It helps. Yeah, we need to get a memo over to uh, the Niners. I think that I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when Brock Purdy was not under pressure last year, I think his quarterback rating was like 135. It helps. Anyway, keep him going. Chicago, they have Justin Fields. I I got to tell you, I, there's no way I could choose Justin Fields, me, over Brock mm-hmm. Purdy. I, I'm saying Brock Purdy. I it's don't. Fair. It's fair. I, it's just that they drafted Fields in the first round, and he's young in his career, but the Niners have given up on Trey Lance after four starts, so yeah. why couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm half. I have to say, if Chicago has any brains, they want Brock Purdy. Yeah. That being said, though, I mean, they made an investment, like the Niners, and they're trying their best to find out what the investment is. So they've given this kid, this young man, a, a bunch of offensive weapons this year, and they're going to give him one more chance to show that he can do something. If not, he's probably out next year. This is a make or break year for him. And I just think like it is worth. If you make a big investment in a quarterback, it's probably worth it to see it through at some point as opposed to pivoting to something else midway. Okay. Well, in other words, what they're doing with Fields is not what the Niners are doing with Trey Lance. Right. They're actually That's like having saying. a plan and sticking to it. <laughs> right. I understand. Chance. Right. So yeah. let's say we diverge there. You Fair. still have Brock at one team. I'm giving him Chicago. So I have two. Okay. Okay. Green Bay. They lost Rodgers. They've had Jordan Love on the bench for three years. They drafted him in the first round. Uh, and this is his year to show something. What do you think they would do? Jordan Love. They're, they're invested. And again, yeah. if you have a plan, you usually stick to it until it's proven that it won't work unless you're the Niners and you just pivot quickly. Back and right. forth. Oscillate. Okay, so NFC South. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter. S- drafted last year. Brock, Brock Purdy. Okay, that's two. We agree on that. Well, two that we no, both yeah. agree on. Two that we both agree on. Three that you think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, New Orleans, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. They would yeah. never give up on, you know, I, in spite of what people say, I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. I always thought he was better than Jimmy. So uh, New Orleans, uh, they, they have Derek Carr, and I'm sure they're happy about it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that uh, the Raiders got rid of Derek Carr and placed him with Jimmy? Like, they think they got better? What? No. Anyway, uh, Carolina, they just spent the first pick in the draft on a quarterback, Bryce Young. Well, they're not going to up on him. Yeah. Yeah, they're invested. Uh, Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. Oh! Uh, I can't see him. He's a minor leaguer. So, yeah. uh, Brock Purdy, what about you? So, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's three for me, four for you. Yeah. NFC East, Dak Prescott, Dallas. Dak give him like forty million a year. Yeah, yeah. Dak uh, New York Giants, Daniel Jones. They just gave him a huge extension for like thirty-five million a year. Okay. Um, that, then him. Yeah. Philly, uh, Jalen Hurts. He's terrific. He's yeah. terrific. He's, he's Washington. What they, wait, he's what they used to want Trey Lance to be. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. He's really, really good. Uh, one of the best in the NFC, maybe the best. Uh, Washington, Sam Howell. You don't even know who that is. No. I have no idea. So I'm going. I'm going Brock, uh, Brock there. Brock. So, so that's four for me, five for you. Four. Okay. Four in the NFC. That's not bad. That's a quarter. No. Yes. That's a quarter of the teams in the NFC he could start for. And might want him to start for. And might want him to start. Yeah. Not, not just could start for. Might want him to start right now. Right. It's pretty nice. All right. Let's go AFC. Uh, let's go six, start in the East. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. <laughs> no. Let's move on. Uh. New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Move on. Miami Dolphins, Tua. 
I don't like Tua. You think they'd, you think they'd rather have Purdy? I'm going with Purdy. But you don't have to agree with me. You're saying Purr's the word? Purr's the word. Purr's the word? Okay, I'll go with Miami on that one. Uh, okay, Patriots, cool. Mac Jones. Uh, I'm going with Brock Purdy. Easy. 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 So hold I don't on. like Mac Jones at all. Okay, hold yes. Hold on. You got six and I got seven, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, right. AFC North. Ravens. Lamar. No, Lamar. Lamar, Lamar. is the man. MVP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Cleveland, Deshaun Watson. Watson. With yeah. all his baggage. With all his baggage. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Kenny Pickett, first round pick last year. Iggy, I honestly don't have an opinion on him. I think him and Purdy are very similar. Uh, so I don't know if Pittsburgh would just pivot to another player like Pickett. They're very similar. I think you could flip a coin. Okay. You flip a so coin. L- let's say Pickett. Let's say Pickett. All right. Um, AFC Pickett. South. Houston Texans, they just spent the second pick in the draft on C.J. Stroud, a quarterback from Ohio State. Okay, Stroud. Indianapolis Colts, they just spent the fourth pick in the draft on a quarterback from Florida named Anthony Richardson. So, you, in other words, you feel they're invested on him, right? Yeah. yeah, And, okay. it, and they got the uh, offensive coordinator from the Eagles who likes to run his quarterback, and this guy's a big athlete. I don't think okay. he would want a pocket quarterback. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, first pick in the draft two years ago. I don't really like him. Iggy, I've seen you like him. Yeah. All right. I'm going to be persuaded by you on this. He's really good. (laughs) Yes. He's been on Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, as I used to say. Does everyone know? I had a lisp until I I still do talk out of the side of my mouth sometimes, but I did have a lisp until I lost my baby teeth. Oh, yeah. You guys made fun of me all the time. It's okay. I think my self-esteem's recovered. I hope. I hope. Okay. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill. I like Tannehill. Yeah, I think they'd go Tannehill too. I think so. All right, AFC West. Russell Wilson, Denver. Ah, uh, that's interesting. It is. He's Iggy, he stinks. He stinks. He stinks. He's so past his prime. He stinks. But Can't move anymore. They're so invested in him. But if they could get rid of him, they would. If they could trade him for a cheeseburger just to get rid of that, okay, then they I'm would. gonna say I'm gonna say Brock Purdy. If they could so get too. Brock Purdy, that, that guy's a load. So and I he has got the worst eight. contract in football. I got eight and you got seven. Yeah. Yeah, you got the worst contract in football. All right. The Chargers, Justin Herbert. Ah, he's great. Okay, how about this one? The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. I think he might they want stick with Mahomes. They'd have to think about it though. They'd have to think about it, yeah. Okay, last team, the Raiders. Who's their quarterback? Jimmy? He hasn't even passed a physical yet. Hasn't even passed a physical. Hasn't even passed a physical yet. I'm saying if they could get Brock But Brock couldn't pass one either. Oh, that's interesting. That's true. He couldn't pass one. It's a tough one. What would they do? Would you take Jimmy or Jimmy Jr.? Jimmy (laughs) or Diet Jimmy? You might want to go die at Jimmy. It's cheaper, fewer calories. You know, Let's I'd kill. go for I'd go for diet Jimmy. I would go for diet Jimmy. Who needs okay. a full Jimmy? That's just too much. It's if we've had enough of that. I had so, enough. So Iggy, Iggy, yeah. 
did we do the whole league? We did the whole league. I we I have eight teams that would actually and want have, Brock Purdy to start for him. I have nine. And nine. it is 30 teams, right? 32. 32. You see, so that I'm means old. he's roughly the 23rd or 24th best quarterback in the league, roughly. Right now. A most desirable starter. Most desirable. Most desirable. I think that's fair. Just I outside the top 20 fair. after eight starts. Yeah. A couple wins in the playoffs. I, yeah. I think that's fair. It doesn't put him down, and it doesn't no. over-evaluate him the way a fan might want to. Yeah, I don't see how you could put a guy in the top 20 off of eight starts, no matter what those starts were. That's a yeah. lot. But yeah. top 25, it seems fair, especially when you got guys like Mac Jones and Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield. It's like, yeah, I'll take Brock over all those guys. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, Brock, if you see this, which you won't, I know, but if you see this, we're not putting it down. We're giving an honest evaluation after a, a limited number of starts and an injury, and it means you have a vast territory in front of you that you can really take over. Right. And no, I we're know, putting down Jimmy Garoppolo. Sorry. Yeah, we're putting down Jimmy, but we're yeah, not putting down Brock. Not you. No. Not you. And, and what I'm saying is you can show that you can get into the top 15, the top 10, the top five. It's all there for you to take. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing what he does next. All right, let's switch gears. One of the Switching. things that's interesting about the 49ers is that their leaders usually aren't quarterbacks because to be a leader on a football team, you have to really be one of the best players on the team, if not the best player. And the Niners haven't had a quarterback that's been in that category since Jeff Garcia. Uh, so every year it seems like there might be a different leader on the team. The, the player that everyone looks to as, yeah, you're probably the best of all of us and we respect you the most. Um, okay. A couple of years ago, it might have been Debo. Who do you think it is now? A couple of years ago, it might have been Kittle. Who do you think it is now? Iggy, I'd rather come around at the back door. Let's name prominent players who are not the leader and then reveal the leader in three minutes. Is that okay? Sure. Absolutely. I like that. Uh, okay. I'm going to say the middle linebacker is uh, is Fred a, Warner. Fred Warner is a very good player and has been a leader, but isn't the leader. I'm going to rule No, I don't think out. he's the leader either. I don't think he's the leader either. So he's we, the voice of the team. He talks, but he's not the best player on the defense. He's not the best player on the team. Um, it's not Fred. He's not the leader of this team. He was the voice he, of it. And he's not participating right now. Right. That's another thing. I, I, anyone who chose not to participate in the practices in minicamp, I feel like you kind of took yourself out of the running. I would also say Kittle is not the leader. Not anymore. He might have, he, maybe three, four years ago. But he's declined a little bit. Yes. And he's what I would call, if, if this were a movie, he'd be a supporting player. I would agree. Like, he's like the third option in the passing game. Right. Yeah. Not Ayuk. As great as he is, I don't think he's been there long enough or is. Um, and he's sort of, his personality is a background personality. He's a tremendous competitor, and he has fire and fury. But he's, I don't see him going around and talking to people and saying you got to do that, mm. like Steve Young would. Mm -hmm. Agree. I don't Agreed. see also, that. Also, and to your point, he's, he's younger than these other guys. He's not yeah. quite there yet. Yeah. I don't think the left tackle is a leader on the team. I think he's a leader of himself. Agree. Same with the DN. Oh, gosh. He's, he's, I think they like him very much. Sure. Bosa. We're talking about Bosa. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think they li like him very much. 
he could be the leader, but I don't see him that way. I don't think he wants to be. They made him a captain. He has to do speeches. I don't think he likes doing speeches. He doesn't even live out here. He doesn't really participate in off-season stuff. I think uh, he doesn't. No, not a leader. Uh, and I would say Depot, independent contractor. In, yeah, independent. I love it. A yeah. freelancer. And yeah. uh, Debo, no way. No, no way. way. No, he no. puts himself above the team too much. At least he has it last year. Yeah. Um, so, Iggy, I think we agree on who it is. Why don't you say and give the reasons? To me, the leader of this team, the 2023 49ers, is Christian McCaffrey. And I, I think it. everyone knows it. He's been on the team. He hasn't been here long. He's been he's in the prime of his career. I think everyone thinks he's the best player on the team. Certainly the best player on the offense. Maybe it's Bosa or Trent Williams, but those two guys have reached a, a level. I don't think they're trying... They don't need to prove themselves daily. Christian McCaffrey was out in every practice, like practicing the hardest. And when you're the best player and you do that, it seems like you're the leader. Like that's the kind of stuff that Jerry Rice did for 10 years. It's the kind of stuff George Kittle used to do. Not many great players do it anymore. Once you achieve that status, you kind of start protecting your body. But remember, he's been on a terrible team forever. This is his first full season on a good team. And I think that he feels like this is going to be the year that puts him in the Hall of Fame. He has those kind of aspirations. I could be a Hall of Fame running back. He's got Bobby Turner, who coached Terrell Davis, and looks at Christian McCaffrey and says, you're one of the best running backs I've ever seen, I've ever coached. So I think this he, he's incredibly driven, and I think he's leading this team, driving this team right now. I love it. McCaffrey. And, you know, I, I have to admit, Iggy, I, I have certain misgivings about him. I'm a Stanford guy, mm -hmm. and he, he walked out on the team. And um, all I know is when I was a student at Stanford, Jim Plunkett, played in the Rose Bowl. He didn't say, gee, I'm, I might get hurt. Uh, I, I better not play in the Rose Bowl. And mm -hmm. this kid uh, walked out before a bowl game. And I have to say, I understand why he did. It made mm -hmm. economic sense, but he was a Stanford football player and it bothered me. Having said that, he's not walking out on the Niners. He's busting his no. chops. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if I remember correctly, he really did have a good reason to sit out that game. I just want to look real quick how much David Shaw overused this kid. I mean, his final game in Stanford carried the ball 30 times. The oh, previous game, he carried the ball 31 times. Two games before that, he carried the ball 32 times. He's an amateur. David Shaw should be ashamed of himself. He should be ashamed of know, himself. I see what you're saying. And in other words, he was afraid He's just going to overwork me, and I could really get hurt in this game. You gave so me the was, ball 32 I, times against Cal? What are you going to do in a bowl game? Yeah. So it, in a way, it was a comment on David. Yeah, who, frankly, um, I mean, he's not a coach anymore. No, he's not. A, I think he's, no. in, he's not an old guy. He's in retirement. Uh -huh. What one coach told me was that David Shaw never changed his offense, and the Pac, what, how many, uh, Pac-75, they all knew what he was going to do all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And he looked like a genius when he had, um, what's his face? Uh, Andrew Luck, oh, but I think Andrew anyone looked Luck. like a, a genius. I'm just yeah. saying, it, it, when he was a, a sophomore, he had uh, 380 touches. 380 touches in 14 games? That's child abuse! <laughs> Are you kidding me? You can't do that. Anyway, okay. I respect Christian McCaffrey. Salute okay. to you. Salute to you, Christian. And, and yeah. I, I, I no longer have misgivings about you. I have misgivings about David Shaw, who, by the yeah. way, is a very nice man. But 
I think he's used up as a coach. And it's funny, at, at one point, Iggy, people were saying maybe he should be the coach of the 49ers in a pig's eye. Yeah. But I, I just think the, that whole dynamic, it's not that David Shaw is a bad person. It just oh. shows the like uh, how hypocritical college sports are. Like, David has to win, right? And McCaffrey's his best player by far. So what's he going to do? Give him 15 carries and be like, have a good time in the NFL while I get fired? Like, no, he's going to give him the ball as many times it takes to win. But that guy's not getting paid. It's not fair to him. So the whole thing is, well, now they're getting paid. So I don't know. Maybe it's better now. All right, let's take some super chats. Double B Studio says, Kyler Murray plays and moves like I play Madden. I haven't played Madden since I was in high school. Is it still fun? I heard it was terrible. Lobs All Day says, AZ is tanking with coach. They hired free agency, etc. They drafted Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. They own the Texans' first-round pick and their own. Does that mean that they would want to play Brock to tank? I don't think so. Lobs All Day, thank you. WB Studio, if QB Price was involved, Purdy would start. Oh, because he's so cheap? Yeah. How many teams want a cheap quarterback and how many teams want a good quarterback, though? Yeah. Niners want a cheap quarterback. Josh Wyatt says the question isn't if the team would prefer Brock Purdy over their quarterback. It's whether they would prefer to pay their quarterback or have Brock Purdy cheap for three years. No, it's that's all part of it. Would you rather have Brock and his elbow and his contract or someone else? I think a lot of teams would pay a premium for a little bit more. Irfan, do you see Mina Kimes head coach ranking? She put not, uh, Kyle Shanahan number two. I find that hard to justify. I, I don't know who Mina Kimes is. Anna Kitt says CMC is the leader, leads by example, and is younger. I would say so. The leading I by example is wait, 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 wait. I want to come back to... Who ranked Kyle number two? Mina Kimes. She's a prominent uh, analyst with uh, ESPN. She does a good job. I just don't agree with her. I don't she know ranks why. Kyle Shanahan as the second best coach in the I league. I think so. I didn't read the article though, so I don't. Maybe not. I heard that she did. Okay, let me ask you a question, and then we'll move yeah. on. I got nothing against her since I only heard of her three seconds ago. Has she ever been to a practice? To a Niners practice? Not that I've been. I, th I think she's uh, Seattle-based, and she's up covering the Seahawks a lot. I don't know the first okay. thing about Mina Kimes, and I didn't read this article, so I can't talk about it. Okay, Anakin says, you. CMC is the leader, leads by example, and is younger. Sure. Uh, Mui says, I think you have to promote anomalies to support BP franchise logic. Two small franchise quarterbacks in the last 10 years, Wilson and Murray. Only one has been truly successful, and Brock Purdy has neither arm nor athleticism. So he's saying that Brock Purdy's an anomaly just because of his small stature. And if you look at these quarterbacks who are really small, how many of them have, have truly been successful? Like not even Kyler. And, and I agree. And yeah. one thing that we still need to learn, and this sounds crazy, is how good is Brock Purdy? We don't yeah, know. And, it's like, I, I, and we should know that we still have to learn this. We just went through the Jimmy Garoppolo experience. Right. He started off 16-2 and two as a starter. 16-2. and two. And that didn't mean anything. Um, Bobby D, who's the team captains in 2023? They haven't named him yet. It'll be, it'll be McCaffrey, Kittle, Trent Williams, Debo. Ah, uh, not Debo. Uh, Armstead, Bosa, Warner, Hafunga, something like that. Um, Shavi says, who wins the Super Bowl, Kyle or Kaepernick or Jim Harbaugh and Trey Lance? And do you think Harbaugh would develop Lance more than Kyle? Neither. Um, would Harbaugh develop Lance more than Kyle? Yes, Harbaugh was a quarterback he's better quarterback coach than Kyle yes I 100% agree yes um okay Niners on vacation they reconvene late July but now is the time of the year for them to get away and not think about football because the next six months are going to be a grind 
let's go through some prominent 49ers and sort of give suggestions as to how they could best use this time. On, on their vacations. On their vacation. Okay, could I start with the head coach? Please. I think he should go to elocution class and learn um, basic grammar because mm. he's representing the organization. And he should, um, when he's talking, um, he should um, learn how to not um, say, um, say all the um, um. say um, all Anytime the, um, you um. have the urge to say um, say nothing. Say nothing. So, so I would say eloqu- elocution um, school um, for you, Kyle, um, Shanahan. Um. Because it's not just that it's hard to listen to. It's a bad look for the face of the team. You know, Robert Sala doesn't talk that way. D'Amico Ryans doesn't talk that way. Steve Wilkes doesn't talk that way. Uh, Pete Carroll doesn't talk that way. Kyle's supposed to be a genius. You know, you could cut out the ums. Bill Walsh didn't talk that way. No, Bill Walsh. It's interesting. Bill graduated from San Jose State, but he always wanted you to think he was a Stanford guy. His diction was great and he he really projected when he spoke all of that stuff he had tremendous pride in how he spoke and how he looked let's talk about the word um what is it it's It's a a space filler it's a space filler space filler so why are you spilling why are you feeling space because you're uncomfortable with silence or you're feeling a little insecure It, it doesn't come across as a confident move saying um all the time no it it feels to me like you feel that you don't fully have grasped and can and can articulate your thoughts, right. so you're buying time to get it together. Correct. I think he's intelligent enough to drop the um and go with his thoughts. Maybe he thinks it makes him sound like he's being thoughtful, really yes. considering the next word. But it's a verbal tick. You can be thoughtful with pauses, and you're you don't have to just string it all together. Anyway. One other thing, and Kyle, if if you're listening or or if you have someone listening, when you're talking to people who are all educated, all the Mm -hmm. all the people in that room are college graduates. Mm -hmm. It's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. Iggy, it's annoying. It it starts off as annoying, and then it becomes humorous because now we're like counting. Up, it's a game. Up, 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 up. Hit a hundred in five minutes. Wow. Sorry. It's so, okay. That's Kyle Shanahan. Let's go to Brian Greasy. Oh, you you want to do Brian Greasy? Or, or yeah. Do you want me to? Well, you could do Brian Greasy. Why don't you do Brian Greasy? Okay. Um, a few shows ago, Grant and I started talking about the quarterback room because, you know, like John Lynch talks about the quarterback room. We have the best quarterback room in the league and all that. We feel that Brian Greasy, the quarterback coach, needs to refurbish the quarterback room because mm-hmm. now it's famous. So what I would say is, it is now that no one's using it, take out all the furniture. And I think he should sand the walls mm. and paint them. I think, yeah. you know, I would say not white, but sort of like- Brighten it up. Brighten, Brighten it up. up. Yeah. Brighten it up. Yeah. Put, put nice art on the walls. I don't mean- Art makes a I, difference. <laughs> art makes a difference. I, you know what else? A nice indoor plant. I think uh, a room without art and plants really feels like a dorm room. You you got to bring some life into it, some culture. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. 
Yeah, and I think maybe some art projects. And so, because whenever I would go into a new class as a child, there would be sort of art projects from the year before, and it would be a message, a subliminal message from the teacher to the students, like, "Hey, we have fun here too." Okay, it's not all tests and homework. We we do crafts and games, and that would make me feel good as a student. I understand. It's a safe do- place. <laughs> they could do finger painting, or they could I love get little- finger painting toothpicks and glue and make little things. Yeah. I, I bet Sam Darnold can make a nice little house. And, and, and what I want to say is maybe new furniture, sort of a nice couch. And Or, you know, they could take it a different direction and kind of like a, like a fraternity, like, you know, like you could have some playboys there. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, <laughs> rough and tumble playboy. guys here, you know, talking you about playboy. guy stuff. Yeah. Playboy magazine. Right, exactly. That's what I'm, oh, Playboy magazine. That's what I meant. Yeah, I love a it. few. You know what I'm saying? Like a waiting room. <laughs> like Bada Bing in, in like Bada Bing, like the back room in uh, Sopranos. Could be like that. And also, on the, he needs to repaint the door going in. And I think yeah. he should have a silhouette of Joe Montana uh, throwing the ball in the catch. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds yeah, really nice. When you, so you walk in, you remember this is the greatest. So I yeah. think, Brian, I, I know probably you're going to be studying Plato or Heidegger um, or Bertrand Russell over this. I understand. Give it a break. Work on that quarterback room. Also, a, a mirror on the wall. You'd be surprised. Uh, you would be surprised at how a mirror can just open up the whole room. And ma- it makes it feel bigger than it really is, which is a nice thing when you're cooped up in that little tiny room all day. I'm just saying. Yeah, I love it. Also, I maybe it. maybe some Febreze. You got, don't forget the scent. The scent is important. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Breeze. Yeah, Febreze. Okay. Do we, do we got any others? What they well, how about uh, Trey Lance? Oh, I can tell you what t- Trey Lance should do. Uh-huh. He should get as far away from Santa Clara as he can and go to a quarterback guru. Okay. Um, someone who can actually study film with him and study his motion and his hips and his legs. I would say he should maybe go to um, Saskatchewan uh, or, or maybe to England somewhere as far away from Santa Clara as he can go. So what does that mean? The Niners do in the quarterback room with Brian Greasy. They probably watch film and take naps. Do you think they watch film of Brian Greasy's career? He's like, all right, here, this was me in 2003. This was a tough game, but watch what I do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, he, they, Iggy. Okay, here I am in 2005. Big game for me. Let's watch this <laughs> and watch how I break this down. I would love that. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, okay, I, I got felt, me. okay, let's go. What do you feel? How'd you feel? I just Nothing. thought when, when he was in the uh, league, Brian Greasy, I was delightfully unaware of him. Well put. Okay. Um, Brock Purdy. Oh, I'm going to say something. Mm. This is Mariucci. This mm-hmm. is what Mariucci, and this is a direct quote, would say. Brock needs to healthy, healthy up. up. Healthy <laughs> up. <laughs> Remember he used to say that, Iggy? What Brock does that needs- mean? Yeah. I that. have no idea. But Brock needs to go somewhere and healthy up. Yeah. That's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to do. I like it. Yeah. Healthy up, partner. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I I heard Mariucci say that so many times. Healthy how about, up. How about Debo? 
okay, I think Debo needs to go to one of these places that's very expensive and it has a, a gate around it and only very rich people go. They put you on a certain number of calories a day. There's no ice cream. Oh, it's messed up. No, no wine. No skittles. No bread. No skittles. No bread. No bread. No, no butter. Yeesh. And he Sounds gets has, has to run a certain amount of laps and all that kind oh. of stuff. And and um, th- that's where he should go. Yeesh. What do you think? I was. That's gotta work. How about just go to the hill? Go to Bill uh, Jerry Rice's hill and run that. Run that. Invite Jerry. I bet you he'd beat your ass. Sorry. Oh, Bill. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. He'd Jerry beat your ass today. His, today. Oh, God. Why don't you go challenge Jerry Rice to the hill and see if you can beat him one time before training camp starts? That's what you should do, Debo. And here's the thing. Not only would Jerry beat his ass, he'd love to do it. Oh, my God. He would. <laughs> I would love to see that. Film it. Put it out there, Debo. Challenge 50-something-year-old Jerry. How old is Jerry Rice? Can we find that out? Let me see. Jerry Rice, age 60. 60 would beat your ass, Debo. I can't wait. He's 26. Do that. Ooh, well, I would Iggy, love to see that. That's brilliant. This was so far the most brilliant part of our whole show so far was that. Hell yeah. Can you beat a 60-year-old Jerry Rice up the hill? How long was the hill? I don't know. Two I miles? never did that. Yeah. Never did the hill. Where is the hill? It's on the peninsula. He used to do it with Roger Craig. I don't know where in the okay. peninsula. All right. All right. Like uh, are we good? Anyone else you want to we want to give suggestions to for the? Or, <laughs> are we gonna let everyone live their lives at this point? Uh, can I have a minute here? Yeah. Um. Nobody else comes to mind for me. Okay. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about football anymore. It's time to get off football. Other thing we were talking about on Father's Day was our favorite movies, top five favorite movies, and I like this topic. It's not necessarily the, the five greatest movies of all time, although it could be. These are personal faves. So I got my personal faves. I'd like you to go first. I think we're going to have 10 different ones. I haven't mentioned, we didn't actually mention any of these on the uh, Father's Day the other day. Okay. Can we do mm-hmm. this? Can we do my first, your first, second, second? Not the whole sure. list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Okay. Sure. For me, and this is serious, I, I'm being serious. There's one that is out, outperforms all the other in, for me. I love The Wizard of Oz. It is my all-time favorite movie. When I when I see the movie, it makes me smile and it brings tears to my eyes. I, Judy Garland is so great. The Cowardly Lion, the Scarecrow, the music, the 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 Technicolor or whatever they call it, the color. Um, mm. And Iggy, you and and me and Iggy's older brother Brian, I would say when we're together, we always quote that movie. Absolutely. Always. Because it's like randomly has all this New York stuff in it. Right. Randomly. The Cowardly Lion. It's, yeah, anyway. It's a lot of fun. Oh, anyway, so that's. The Wizard. I'm going to name four. The Wizard. I'm going to name four others, but The Wizard is way above them. What's your number one? All right. um, This is like in terms of how early I watched them and how much it had an impact on my development as a guy and a person. So we're talking top five favorite movies. Uh, one of my favorite movies, I watched it a million times growing up, and it did kind of shape the kind of guy I am. High Fidelity oh, with John God. Cusack. Came out, I want to say 2001. I was in like seventh grade. And it's about a guy who obsessively makes lists about everything. Right? 
Yes. Top five breakups, top five groups, top five Stevie Wonder songs, top five. And it starts off with him getting dumped and he's trying to figure out why <laughs> he got dumped again and why he's doomed for a life of sadness. And he like goes back and meets all of his girlfriends from his past. And it's a very being seven, being in seventh, eighth grade movie. Uh, I love that movie. John Cusack. And he, the way he would express his love to every girl he met, every girl he had a crush on was through a tape. He'd make him a tape. It's a very romantic thing to do. You know, I didn't expect you to say that. I love that movie. I love and L.D. Iggy, I want you to know that's from a novel. I read the novel. Yeah, by Nick Hornby. Yeah, Nick and Hornby's the one good novel he wrote. That's right. But it yeah. is off the chart funny. You laugh throughout the whole book. Yeah. And John Cusack you- is great in it. And it's the first movie I ever saw Jack Black in. And it might be the funniest thing he ever did. Also, Cusack, Cusack is also great in Gross Point Blank. Oh, yeah. It's when he's the contract killer. Yeah. Who goes back to his tenure reunion. It's for the that's pen. a good movie. <laughs> John Cusack makes some really good movies. Yeah, that's, yeah. A good one too. that's a good one too. But anyway, High Fidelity means a lot to me personally. It was like, yeah, absolutely. High Fidelity. Love that movie. I love that. Okay, my number two is godfather one um again iggy that is I a love movie godfather. that you brought brian and i often use you know talk about in fact reason recently i think i said to you leave the gun take the cannoli that's one of the greatest lines in movie history we say After that is- all the time we also say take him to the mattresses all the time i mean take him to the- yeah every scene in that movie is iconic every line is freaking iconic it yeah. is probably the greatest movie ever made uh real quick I- I also love Godfather 2, and one of the things I love about Godfather 2 is it's even more ambitious than Godfather 1. It's two movies. Yeah. It's two stories. It's probably the best two-story movie ever, and um, it starts off faster than Godfather 1. Godfather 1 is a great beginning with the wedding, but Godfather 2 starts in Italy with uh, De Niro's mom getting assassinated. Very Anyway, Godfather 2 is great too, but yeah, good choice. Yeah. Brando. Okay. For me, again, growing up, movies I saw in middle school that stuck with me. Swingers. Swingers. I don't, John Favreau, Vince Vaughn. Could you remind me what the movie's about? John Favreau gets dumped by his girlfriend oh, in six yes. years. And he's yeah, miserable. And he, and he yeah. keeps like calling her. and try, Actually, he left her. But she won't pick up his call anymore. And he left her, came to L.A. to pursue his acting career. She rebounded and found someone else, and he's crushed. And he keeps calling her, and she won't pick up the phone. And Vince Vaughn is his friend. He's trying to snap him out of it, and he's taking him to Vegas. And like every every thirteen year old identifies with John Favreau, with being that heartbroken kid who's the crush doesn't like you and like someone else, and you just want to be Vince Vaughn so bad. So you like memorize his mannerisms and how he talked, and all those speeches that he gave his friend to pump him up. Like, hey man, when you go over there, I don't want you to be the PG-13 guy that everyone in the audience is really hoping makes it. I want you to be the rated R guy that people don't really know where you're coming. I mean, I memorize everything Vince Vaughn said in that movie. It was very important for me to see that when I was 14. Swingers. Um, I love that movie. I love it. And I like, I really like your list so far, I have to say. It's a good list. It's also, this movie has a great soundtrack. It's got all those uh, swing dance songs from like, you know, 40s and 50s. got Starts off with uh, Dean Martin, you're nobody till somebody loves you. Pretty nice start, start to the movie. It's a good movie. There's dancing. There's Heather Graham. She was great in the 90s. Anyway, swingers, 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 as you, as you would say. Okay, my number three, Groundhog Day. 
Oh, yeah. One of the best like comedies of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Now, Say something. And, and also, it has Bill Murray uh-huh. playing a nut, uh, playing yeah. an egomaniac. An egomaniac. An egomaniac. A weatherman. Sort of a weatherman. Yeah, he calls right. himself the talent. <laughs> Which, if you've ever worked for a TV station, dead on. Dead That's on. Right. The egos in those local TV stations. It's, I mean, whatever. But yeah, yeah. great story. And he has to get the day right. It, oh, yeah. It, he, it keeps repeating itself. It's Because it's essentially, so, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he is. And at some point during the day, he makes a piece of shit move or a piece of shit decision. And God or the universe is like, nah, man, no, 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 no. You don't get to go through the rest of your life being a total piece of shit. You got to get this day right. I love that. That's a great movie. By the end of yeah. it, I mean, he's like saving babies and reciting <laughs> poetry and shit. It's so funny. Yeah. Playing the piano. Playing the piano. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's, what's funny is apparently Bill Murray is a lot like that guy. I, I mean, I, I, in the word around Hollywood, he's a kind of a. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So anyway, great. He was kind of playing himself a little bit. Great movie. I never Maybe. made him, but could be. Yeah. Kingpin 2. Kingpin's a funny movie with Bill Murray, but that's not one of my personal faves, but I love it. Kingpin. Anyway. Okay. Good call. Another one. This was a coming of age movie. All right. So when I was a kid, I watched Ferris Bueller a million times. I'm, I'm not saying Ferris Bueller because to me, Ferris Bueller is like for, for kids. Everything works out. It's a great movie. But I think the better movie made by the same guy is Breakfast Club to me. And like, that's more for when you're in high school. And that's like the greatest teen angst movie ever made. Every single character in that detention is great. And they all make you laugh and cry and the principal is just the biggest he's such a great villain and it, it, it's a cathartic experience every time you watch that movie every single time i love that movie breakfast club that's a great movie i yes. love your list i love your list thank you thank you i'm just getting started baby breakfast <laughs> now, club yeah now my my two next mm -hmm. are um black and white and they're from when i was a kid so you, you're audience is much younger than me so please bear with me you probably never even heard of these one i loved was called here comes mr jordan <laughs> and iggy knows that movie yeah it's about a boxer mm -hmm. uh he's gonna fight for the championship a mm -hmm. middleweight or something and he flies his own plane mm -hmm. and he's gonna fly to the fight in fact he's called the flying pug <laughs> and on the way it crashes Mm. The angel of death takes him out and brings him to heaven. And it turns out it was way too soon. He wasn't dead, but his family thought he was dead. So they cremated the body. So they have to find a new body for Joe Pendleton, the fighter. And the whole movie, it's a riot. It's about. <laughs> they got to get Fonsworth body. <laughs> it's Fonsworth. It's Fonsworth body. I showed you that when you were a kid, right, Iggy? A million times. It's really, and then they remade it and called it Heaven Can Wait. And then they remade it again in like the 90s or the 2000s with, a, I think it was Chris Rock. It might have been Chris Rock made the same movie too. Anyway, this is the one though. Here comes Mr. Jordan's the one you got to watch, even though oh. it's black and white. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was my number four. Okay. So I've gave you three like coming of age movies. Now I'm going to do like every, every young man goes through a phase or not even a phase, but where you, gangster movies, you know, the American oh. Outlaw. A lot. I, I, I think it's part of growing up, at least for me. 
And I've gone back and forth on my favorite gangster movies of all time, my favorite Tarantino movies of all time. And today I feel like my favorite one is Reservoir Dogs. And I'll explain why. Tarantino's great, but ever since that movie, every, every movie he's made has been about half an hour too long. And there's parts of it you're like, well, you could take that scene out. You could take that yeah. scene out and be better. There is not one scene you would take out of Reservoir Dogs to make it better. It's 100 minutes. It's tight. And it does every, it accomplishes everything that Pulp Fiction seeks to accomplish with a bigger budget. I mean, it plays with, uh, tech, it plays with chronology. It's a heist movie that doesn't show the heist. It, it jumps from before and after, before and after constantly. It has all the, those irreverent um, conversations. I mean, it starts off at the diner with the camera going around slowly behind the heads. And they're talking about first, Like a Virgin by Madonna and what that song means. And then they transition to tipping waitresses. Uh, you know, gangsters having these intelligent, philosophical, intellectual conversations. I mean, that's what Pulp Fiction's famous for. They do it in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, you have Steve Buscemi. You got Harvey Keitel, uh, Tim Roth. Amazing amazing performances and you have a great soundtrack remember the super sounds of the 70s great soundtrack reservoir dog whoa edited well yeah 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 the only other movie by him that i feel that way about is jackie brown jackie brown love jackie brown Uh, yeah um if you haven't seen it jackie brown is from an elmore leonard novel yeah it's i love elmore leonard but the movie's better than the novel yes it is Right, because the soundtrack is even, might even, it's probably even better than Reservoir Dogs. It, they're so different because Reservoir Dogs is a hundred m- minutes and it feels like three hours. It's really intense. It's not the kind of movie you can watch a lot. I mean, you have a lot of Tim Ross screaming because he got shot in the stomach for like a lot of the movie. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's hard. Jackie Brown is like almost three hours and it feels like an hour and a half. It's a lot of fun. You can watch it over and over and over again. I love Jackie Brown. There's too. so much going on. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson in that movie. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the older guy. What's his name? Um, I forgot. Yeah. who The Bail Bondsman, right? The Bail Bondsman. Yeah. You I like the Delphonics? They're pretty good. <laughs> Max Cherry. Whoever the guy's name who did Max hey, Cherry. Ma- pretty Max good. Cherry. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Okay. My, okay. My so I got four. Five. You got one more. Yeah. I got one more. And again, this is because I'm old. High Noon. You may not even have heard of it. I, I love Westerns. Uh, and again, Westerns have a lot in common with gangster movies because the Western hero is a loner. Mm-hmm. He's an outsider and he's a killer. Mm-hmm. Now, he may kill on the side of the law. He might be justified. He may be justified, but he's still a killer. And, yeah. he, and he likes it. He expresses right. himself. Through pulling the gun out of the holster and killing you. Right. And a high noon to me is the best of all those movies. It's and it's Gary Cooper later in his career. He's tired and careworn. Mm. And the Miller brothers are coming. He's just got married to a Quaker yeah. woman who doesn't believe in in violence. Right. And he's leaving town. And the Miller brothers, who we put away in jail, are coming to kill him. And right. he takes up the challenge. And it is. Right, but doesn't he start? He, he goes around the town. He says, "Are you going to do something?" Everyone's like, "Ah, oh, man, you know, I got, I got laundry yeah. to do. Man, I got to cook right. dinner." I, I and he realizes it's it's him against them, and he, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. It's him against four. And I love. I have to say, I've learned about my personality as I've gotten old. I kind of like movies where you shoot the bad guy. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm not against it. I'm, mm-hmm. I like movies of revenge. I like movies of standing up for yourself, mm-hmm. um, uh, protecting your individuality, and shooting a bad guy. And I'll tell you, I, 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 I never could be that kind of guy. So I, if <laughs> I, I live vicariously to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's my my number five. All right, I'm gonna do my number five, and this might be my favorite movie ever. Sexy Beast. Oh God, Iggy, mm-hmm. I told you about Sexy Beast, didn't you I? Did it came out? I think 2000. I was like 12. Yeah. Uh, it's 88 minutes long, Dad. It's a short movie. It's a short movie. It's got the best first scene ever, in my opinion, ever. History movies. Um, it, it the first scene is that where the rock, the boulder comes into the pool. He's just he's on the pool. In Spain. Boiling. Swell. Swell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... And then that song comes on, Peaches by the Stranglers. Walking on the beaches, looking at the peaches. <laughs> <Da-na-na>. <laughs> and the boulder comes down. I mean, it's all foreshadowing. I mean, basically, that it stands alone as like a four-minute music video almost. It's very stylish. I love stuff like that in movies. And then what I like about it is it's essentially... It's a love story between him and his wife. It's also got two of the scariest performances bad guys ever ever in ben kingsley and and ian mcshane i mean you think ben kingsley's terrifying in that movie and then you meet ian mcshane (laughs) right horrifying um and then it's it's all over and there's a heist yeah you don't like that and then when it's all over you're thinking like why was it called sexy beast who was the sexy beast it was his wife Oh, you're right. It was his he wife. Is so much smarter than I am. So that the- might be my favorite movie. I think it might be the last great movie ever made. 2000, Sexy Beast. Iggy, you're right. She's the sexy beast. Uh-huh. And we're not going to say what she does. No. Nope. She's the sexy beast. Oh, yeah. You know, And you don't just- know that until the end. You're like, and it's so funny because the first scene is him... You know, uh, on his pool in a speedo, he looks ridiculous. He's kind of fat. He's kind of old. You can kind of see his 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 junk, and there's all these like like shots of him looking really ugly. So it's like, is this an ironic title about him? And then by the end of the movie, you're like, oh no, this is a very serious title about her. Great movie. Iggy, you just changed you changed my life just now. See, I never figured that out. It's the best movie ever. Sexy Beast. She's the sexy beast. Yeah. And again, Ben Kingsley in that movie. Holy shit. Holy Ian McShane? The, I'd never seen him before. And then he goes on to be the guy in Deadwood. Wow. Yes, in Deadwood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like this. Okay, so I, I can't. I keep wanting to give away parts of the movie, but I'm not going to do that. Anyway, watch Sexy Beast. It's probably the most underrated movie ever made with the best first scene, I think, of all time. Any, any other honorable mentions you want to put in there? Oh, boy, I'd have to see. Pee-wee? We got it. Stand by me? Oh, Stand Stand by by Me. me. Stand by me. That's Iggy. That's just an all-time wonderful movie. That's a coming-of-age movie as well from a Stephen King uh, short story. That's a beautiful – Iggy, that's a beautiful movie. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's the last one I'll put out there. All right, let's get the rest of these uh, Super Chats, and then we'll finish up. Um. Would you go game by game and predict win-loss for Trey and Brock and see who wins more? Maybe another time. Maybe another time, and that's a big one. Uh, Centennial G82 says, Lola speaking facts on speech communication. While training in Air Force communi- uh, commissioning ages ago, 
Our commandant would deduct points in mission briefings from our grade. Pause, and it'll earn you points in public discourse. Thank you so much for uh, explaining that to us. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to talk fast. You don't have to fill silences with ums. You can talk deliberately and just have pauses. Tony says the running time on High Fidelity is 113 minutes. Also such a great film. Love the Springsteen cameo. It's true. He does have a Springsteen. There's a Springsteen cameo in that movie. He goes, thanks, boss. <laughs> you might not remember it, but yeah. What am I going oh, to can can do? Yeah. Can I tell you another movie? Um, Bullets over Broadway. Oh, yeah. John Cusack. Can John Cusack. Iggy, John Cusack. John Cusack. Chaz Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri. He was and the best person in that movie. Oh, the woman. The woman. What was oh, her name? Um, yeah. Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. Tilly. She was super funny. She yeah. was. That movie. Now. Hawk. He had a candy's <laughs> rule. A lot of people don't like uh, Woody. I'm not fighting. I love Woody. We went to the same high school. And Bullets Over Broadway was a Broadway play. And then he made it into a movie. And quickly, John Cusack wants to be a uh, playwright. Mm. And he, he, he sucks. sucks. He sucks. And what happens sucks. is, in order to get backing, money money backing for the uh, for the play, they have to go to a guy in the mafia. Mm -hmm. And he has his, Jennifer Tilly's his girlfriend. She can't act at all. But he says no. his condition for giving the, the money is that she's in the play. Right. And so th the mafia guy has Chaz Palminteri, who's a goon, sitting yeah. in the audience while they're practicing, rehearsing. Like babysitting. Babysitting her. Right. And he's going crazy at how bad the play is. And it turns out he's a, he's a writing genius who's right. a murdering thug. And it right. is So he starts giving him notes and stuff like, no, this doesn't work. No one talks like that. Yeah. 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 But he's yeah. dismissive. No one talks like, you know, because no he's like a goon. That. It's yeah. phenomenal. It, so you right. agree that's a hell of a movie, right? So he becomes the ghostwriter and he becomes more invested in than, than Cusack. Yeah, it's great. Right. That's a great movie. Yeah. It's yeah. a fun game. All, oh, movie says being there. Peter Sellers. What a comedy. You seen it? Love it. That's a great movie. Uh, thank you so much. All Niners says, how do you guys feel about Goodwill Hunting? I love that movie. I do. Uh, it's one of Robert, uh, Robin Williams' best movies. He made a lot of silly children movies. Yes. But he did a very nice job in that, in that movie. He did a great job in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, last topic. No more movies, but we were talking restaurants in Oakland. Oakland has, people don't know all the aspects of Oakland. One of the things that makes it nice is that the food scene is up there with some of the best cities in America. It's not quite San Francisco, but it's not super far off. And we eat most of our meals in this town. So why don't we list our favorite restaurants in Oakland before we leave? Yeah, I'll, I'll also, before we do the list, I'll also say I'm 77 years old. I don't have the energy I used to have, unfortunately, and it's hard for me to drive in San Francisco. So I don't go there for dinner anymore. We went uh, a couple of times where Iggy drove me for special occasions to that very nice Chinese restaurant, Iggy. What's it called? The, the, the something lounge. Orangey Lounge. Orangey Lounge. Orangey Lounge. Lounge. I, a lot of fun. But I, otherwise, I eat in Oakland. Um, and I eat out once or twice a week because I'm on my own now. So because you got to factor in the schlep factor, the schlep factor. I don't want to schlep. You don't want to schlep. Uh, no, I don't no want to schlep. So I'm. I'll go. We'll, we'll go again one at a time. I'll do my number one. You do your sure, number sure, one. Sure, like sure, that. sure, 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 sure. Yep. We might have I some love, some some carryover though. That'd be fine. All right. Um, 
I love uh, my go-to place, let's say during the week, is Pearl in the Oakland Hills, mm. P-E-R-L-E. And here's what I like in that restaurant and in restaurants in general. I like to eat at a nice restaurant, but I like to eat at the bar because I'm on mm. my own. I like there to, to have two things that, well, first of all, has to have good food, and Pearl does. Uh, I know all the people who work there because I go there all the time. It has to have a good by-the-glass wine list. I'm not going to drink a whole bottle of wine on my own, but I generally have a white and a red during the whole evening. Mm -hmm. And Pearl is really proud of its of its by-the-glass wine list. I think it may be the best in Oakland, and it has okay. to have friendly people. And yep. so – that's uh, my go-to place. What's your number? We like we like to sit at the bar and eat dinner, and uh, it's nice if the people remember you and talk to you and interact. That's always a plus. And they do at Pearl; they're great because if you know where Pearl is, it's in a very particular neighborhood where I think not all restaurants succeed, and I think you have yeah. to kind of embed yourself in the in the neighborhood. Otherwise, people just eat at home. So Pearl's a good one. I got one. I'm gonna I'm not gonna go dinner here though. I'm gonna start earlier in the day. Sequoia Diner. Ah, it's also close by us. And what I like about Sequoia Diner is I love a diner and Oakland really hasn't had a great diner. I mean, they have Denny's and stuff, but Sequoia Diner is as good as any diner I've ever been to. It's a neighborhood spot. It's not in one of like the nicest neighborhoods in Oakland, although it isn't a nice neighborhood. It's closer to us. And um, it reminds me of the River Inn Grill Cafe. Remember in, uh, what's, what's that? Guerneville. Guerneville, yeah. We used to stop there every time we would go to Sea Ranch. Anyway, but anyway, and, I like Koi Diner. And when we'd order, the lady, the waitress always said, "Remember what now you're styling. Now, now you're styling." I remember um, we, we would start going there when I was like six or seven, and I ordered a Caesar salad, and I felt so grown up. And they, the the waitress made such a big deal, like, "Oh wow!" I always ordered a Caesar salad because I got such positive reinforcement one time. I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm the kid who orders the Caesar," and they were like. And I, remember, and I was like, I remember asking one time, like, so how do you make the, uh, the dressing? She was like, from a can. I was like, oh, I like that. It's nice. That is good. They still have the best Caesar I've ever had, River Inn. I love it. Okay, my number two is The Wolf uh, on Piedmont Avenue. It used to be Beowulf. It's now The Wolf. And it's owned by the people who own, also own the Wood Tavern. Wood Tavern and Southie. Um, yeah, Rebecca and Rich Wood and Southie. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, very nice people. And I would go to it more often, but it's a little f farther away from me than Pearl. Pearl's really v right close. And the wolf has everything I said about Pearl. It has a great uh, by wine list by the glass. The food is superior. And Iggy, I don't actually eat at the bar much there. I eat, they have an outside deck they that's covered, yep. which yeah. is maybe the nicest eating spot in the East Bay, if you can get yeah. the deck. And so I there, I, I tend to eat not at the bar. But again, I'm in love with that restaurant. Yeah, if you ask, if someone from out of town said, send me to the nicest restaurant in Oakland, end of story, nicest restaurant, it's the, the Wolf. Wolf. I mean, they have something new on the menu every week. Their wine is phenomenal. Everything on their menu is phenomenal. It's not too expensive. The Wolf, it's great. And what's interesting about it, it used to be called Beowulf, as in Beowulf, the epic poem. Beowulf, it went out of business. Rich Wood, who's very successful, Wood Tavern's great, also a great restaurant. 
wanted to open a new one in that spot. And he, he's, he's embedded with local, he knows Bob Melvin, he knows my dad. And he was asking my dad, what do you think I should name the new place? And my dad said, The Wolf, as an homage to Beowulf, yeah. So and my dad did. named that restaurant. Shout out to I Rich. I did. So what hey, is it true was, that Bob Melvin is an investor on that, in that spot? I believe he, I believe he has a share. I believe. Okay. And okay. Um, so what happened, I was having dinner with Bob Melvin at mm -hmm. um, Wood Tavern, and it had closed mm -hmm. uh, for the night. And Bob and I, we were in no hurry, and he was friends with Rich Wood. So Rich Wood came over, and uh, he, he brought over a, a great um, Chianti. And um, we just sat and drank it. And that's where the conversation came. Uh, by the way, I didn't usually socialize with people I covered, but I knew Bob Melvin forever because he played for the Giants. Um, I, he's one of my favorite people I ever covered. And we certainly did have dinner that night. And when I finally, after they opened The Wolf, mom and I went there their first week. And, you know, we got... Bob Melvin left a bottle of wine for us, a silver oak, because wow. he knew we were coming. And thanks Bob. thanks, Bob. And I think maybe by then I was retired. I'm not sure. And um, when the bill came, they t uh, Richwood took a bunch of money off it, and he wrote for naming rights. Yeah, I like that. That's hilarious. For, that's for that's, that's a nice touch. That's a nice touch. He's a sweet guy. I had the wolf on my list, so. I'll go a different direction. Um, this is another neighborhood place not too far from me. I could walk to this place. I don't want to give too much information about where I live. But uh, Marzano. Oh. It's a little neighborhood place in, in the Oakland Hills. And again, it, it closed. It was around. It closed. Something else was there. It went out of business. And people were like dying to get the place back. And I think the workers yep. that reopened it. And it's back. And what's cool about it is great bar. And they have, they don't, they don't really seem to have, they have a kitchen, but most everything is made in like a wood fired oven. So they yep. make pizzas, they make pastas, they make this chicken dish, this chicken olive briata. And the, the pastas and the chicken are all like kind of half prepared and they're all ready. They throw them in the oven. They're, they're prepared in like 10 minutes. F phenomenal. Really good. Not too expensive. Marzano. Right. And the prices are great and they're very yeah. friendly there. Marzano. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I took East um, Bay it, Chris and his wife there. So they, they know, they know. It's nice. Now, my third is Sequoia Diner. Hell so, yeah. yeah. Now, I wanted to add a few things about Sequoia Diner. I, um, they have a, I'm not going to call it a bar. They have a counter. I sit at the counter. And the thing is, people wait out the door. It's so uh, For an popular. Hour. But you can usually get a seat at the counter. Mm -hmm. And uh, the owner is Andrew. Boy, mm -hmm. does he cook. And J Jasmine runs the place, and Evelyn is one of the waitresses. And when I go in, they're very sweet to me. They're very yeah. nice. I love the Sequoia Diner. And I got to tell you, Iggy, they have this thing, uh, um, beef hash with eggs. And, and, and they have another one. <laughs> it's with, way too um, good. It's way too good. With Red flannel hash? Red flannel. Yeah. The biscuits. With the biscuits. With the biscuits. Oh, country breakfast? Are you kidding me? Country, yeah, country breakfast. Kid me? What's the use of kidding, Dad? What is the use? That's what my father used to say. What's the use of kidding? So we agree on Sequoia. All right. Um, right next door is a place that opened up about last year. It's called Joe's Modern Thai. And one thing, if you know about Oakland, there are there's got to be a hundred Thai restaurants in Oakland. I don't know why, but 
Thai restaurant, they, they all work here. They all get a ton of business and you can't have enough. There could be three in one neighborhood. Hard to find Chinese restaurants in Oakland, but Thai restaurants are everywhere and there's a lot of good ones. But this one, Joe's Modern Thai, I think is the best. It's right next door to Sequoia, door to Sequoia Diner. Um, it's not that big of a place. It's got an outdoor spot and everything on the menu is unique stuff that you don't normally see. Um, that's why they call it modern, not just the classics. I would say Joe's Modern Thai. I like it a lot. Also got a great I, I've been there with uh, Grant and Swasi, and I, I, it's wonderful. It's really nice. Okay. Okay. Um, my fourth is Akote, oh, which yeah. is uh, on, what is that, on College Avenue over there? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. College Avenue in the, in the yeah. um, what's that neighborhood called? The Rockridge. The Rockridge. Um, it's been it's, there for a long a, time. Yeah, and Iggy knows the owner because you went to school with his daughter, right, Jack? Yes, Jack. His daughter, Chrissy, was in my grade, and I've known her forever. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really generous people. Always yeah, take care and of them. Yeah. they have a beautiful bar. And one of the things that's interesting, he, has, he doesn't get wine by the glass or in the bottle from France or Italy or California. He goes to some strange countries like Slovakia or nice. Hungary, but but the stuff is really good, and you learn there. Um, they have a mussels, um, and I you get the French fries with them. Holy mackerel, what a dish! So I love to go to Akote. Okay, that's my four. Akote is a great one. They also have the best French fries. The, yeah, the, the frites, the frites, 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 frites. Okay, uh, this place is interesting. Nido Backyard. It's been around for like 10 years. It used to be a tiny little, tiny little Mexican restaurant. Then the pandemic hit. And what's interesting about the pandemic, it killed a lot of restaurants and businesses, but some just pivoted and flourished for some reason. And Nito had a lot like down the street and they opened up this thing called Nito Backyard, which is this huge, it's the kind of place that would exist in Arizona, in Scottsdale. It's this beautiful outdoor place to eat. And it's the, I think it's the best outdoor venue in the East Bay, if not the whole Bay. And it's got a really good rest uh, menu as well. It's the best place to get a margarita in Oakland and it's packed all the freaking time. It's great. Nito Backyard. I know. I don't know if you like it as much, but I like it very much. Um, I'm going with your, there is You're no going me on this one, huh? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, okay. And my final one is Bella Nico, which mm. is a, an, an upscale Italian restaurant Right down the street from Marzano. They're each on mm. two corners of the same street. Um, in fact, I was there last Saturday night. Beautiful wine list by the glass. Really friendly people. And the food is, I say, as good as any place in San Francisco that I'm aware of. It's mm-hmm. it's that nice. Um, so, have you ever been there, Riggy? To I have. It's, it's just down the street from Marzano. It's just right. harder to get in. Like, they have six tables? Seven? <laughs> No, they have more. And they okay. also have a parklet outside. But I oh, agree. Okay. I agree. I should give it another shot. Last time I went, they, they, they gave me this. It was right before the pandemic. I walked in with my wife and we were like, could we get a table? And they're like, do you have a, do you have a reservation? And we were like, no. And they're like, ah, well, then no. They're like, okay, well, we'll just go fuck ourselves. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I haven't gone back, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. I got one more. And it's not as good as it used to be, but it's still damn good. Almond Oak. It used to be called Penrose. Um, that guy went down, but it's still a good restaurant. It still has the best bar of any restaurant in Oakland. It still might have the best room of any restaurant in Oakland. It's got a great burger. 
it's it's a good it's still a good restaurant but i would have to put it down the list it's not what it used to be um iggy i'm not going to talk personally about my experiences there i don't go there is it the wine it was the wine it was was everything Ooh, i sat at the bar iggy there was this up time after his mom and my wife died that iggy and his older brother brian said you got to go out once a week. You, you don't stay in the house. And I would go to a nice restaurant but, and eat at the bar. And I had one time there, Iggy, and I ruled it out. And I never went back. It was okay. not, not up to uh, – uh, let me finish. It was not up to my experiences at other places. And even Sister, you know that place that used to be – I'm with Bush, you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, I'm with you on that. They, I had a much better experience there. I had a good okay. experience than I did at I'm in an Oak. So I, I'm, I'm. Can I call an audible? Can I call an audible? Sure. It's your show. Sidebar. Oh, I love sidebar. sidebar. I love sidebar. sidebar. Yeah. Now that's Iggy, got the best re- the best bar of any restaurant in Oakland. Yeah, and that's the, right yeah. on Grand Avenue, over by the yeah. lake. You could look at the lake. Now, Iggy, there's another one that I've only been to once that people say is great. Bilotti. Do you and Swasti go there? Nah, but. Uh, they opened up a second place called Bilotti Bottega, which is like a takeout version of it. And it was uh. in our neighborhood for years. It was uh, right in, on Piedmont Avenue. So the thing about it is Swasti can't eat beef or pork. And it's not, it's a lot of like stuffed pastas. Got it. So it's mostly stuff with pork and stuff. So she can't really eat anything there or like she can eat two or three things there. I can eat everything. And it's that it's so good. It it's is phenomenal. It's just, I, it's like, I can't really eat there, you know? It's like, yeah. it's like in Pulp Fiction, you know? You know, my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes me a vegetarian, but I do <laughs> love a tasty burger. Like, oh, God, these are the best stuffed pastas you've ever had. It's so good. Not just ravioli. It's like all kind of stuff you've never even heard of. It's phenomenal. Hey, Iggy. Yeah. Uh, we're almost done. Should we give a shout out to La Cocos in Santa Rosa? Yes. Shout out to La Coco's in Santa Rosa. We were there two days ago. Our favorite Italian restaurant that's not in San Francisco. And it's as good right. as any Italian restaurant in San Francisco. Right. There is a La Coco's in Oakland, though. Don't be, don't be confused. It's not the same. Yeah, we're talking don't. about the one in Santa Rosa. Yeah, I don't vouch which, for that one in Oakland. Yeah. At all. But we vouch for the one in Santa Rosa. My rhino says brown sugar kitchen for brunch. Brown sugar. It's permanently closed. You didn't know that? Permanently closed. It's gone. BSK. Sorry about that. Anyway, that was fun. I like talking about restaurants and movies today. Well, you know, there's not a lot going on with the Niners, so I hope people didn't mind that we did that stuff. I enjoyed it, Iggy. I went back and was watching scenes from Sexy Beast all morning. Had a great time. Great movie. You know, I was so pleased when you mentioned that, and I did introduce you to that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I was a little young for it when it came out. That's a very intense movie. I was about 12. I think I probably saw it for the first time in high school. And I remember thinking like, holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit. I remember showing it to people too when I was about 17, 18, right? When we get getting into college and people would think like, man, this kid's pretty, this kid's pretty deep. Like, no. <laughs> My dad showed it to me. <laughs> and you, right, you know, you're right. She's the sexy beast. I never, oh It's God. a love story. It's a love story yeah. with a heist. And two of these, like, you, you want to talk about, like, the, the biggest psychopaths in movies ever. 
Yeah. Like, you know, De Niro's had some, Pesci, Pesci and Casino. I love Casino. That's my favorite. Pesci in that movie is unreal. Maybe the best Pesci performance ever. I love Casino, but he can't touch Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast. They can't touch Ian McShane in Sexy Beast. Those are the scariest performances I've ever seen. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. And like Kingsley's like a like an attack dog. He's like the most intimidating person ever. And he's like a train. He's like the bold. He's the boulder. But McShane is scary because he's got that that smile and he doesn't talk. And it's like, what does he know? Why is he smiling at me? Am I dead? Am I gonna die right now? Is this the angel of death? <laughs> right. Is he gonna kill me with a smile right now? I don't know. I guess if he wants to. I guess if he's Yeah, anyway. Watch it. Everyone watch Sexy Beast. It's 88 minutes. Be the best 88 minutes you've ever had. Dad, good show. Love you. Love you too. I'll call you right now. Okay. See you, everyone. Bye.